0: Father, we come before you this morning. Want to hear a word from you. We pray that you'll speak to our hearts as we look at your word together. We pray that you'll immune our minds so that we can understand your word. But not only understand, but also apply it, Father. We need you. For without you, we cannot do much. But we know with you will be more than conqueror be with us lord now In jesus name amen good morning church it's a pleasure for me to be here this morning and to share with you from god's word and i thank you for your faithful support over the years and because of you many Haitians have heard the gospel and many not only heard but have come to know christ as the lord and savior And we praise God for that. This morning we're going to be looking at uh, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and we will focus on verse 11 to verse 17. Let's read God's word as we look at it together. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about our outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. the old has gone and the new has come. You hear the reading of the word of the Lord. Second Corinthians reveals Paul's passionate concern for God's people. And if I were to give a title to this text this morning, it's what motivates you to preach the gospel. And we see here Paul in this book, he was very concerned about the spiritual growth and spiritual health of the Corinthian church. He was focused a lot on their practical living. Paul in this book is also defending his integrity as an apostle because of those who attack him. As you know, Corinth was a very rich and a very populated community it's a very large commercial city. It was controlled by the trade route from the northern and the southern part of Greece. It was the capital of the woman province of Achaia. But F- Corinth was also known as an immoral city where the goddess of love reside. But as we look at the book of Acts, From chapter 15, chapter 16, we see Paul as he traveled to the different communities. But we saw he persevere from Philippi even though he was in prison. But God delivered him and Silas, and we saw that he goes in chapter 17, entering Amphipolis and Apollonia, then entered to Thessalonica where he was uh, a ridiculed and riot base, and he ran to Berea, then attends. Then, as we enter in Acts 18, we see that Paul had the privilege to reach the people in Corinth, and where he was able to preach the gospel as his custom was in the synagogue, and, and many believed and were baptized. But then, Paul had to leave Corinth. Then he went to Ephesus where he heard about the news about the church in Corinth. And then he sent a letter to them by Timothy. Then we see that Paul himself returned back to Corinth when where he did not receive well and he was insulted. And then he left and wrote a letter. There was a lot of problems in that church. There were divisions, there was not true unity. You imagine in AD 56 when Paul is writing this letter and where the Judaizers who were promoting legalistic teaching were in control. But the real purpose Paul was writing is so that the gospel will be crystal clear in the mind of the Corinthians. So as we study this text this morning in Second Corinthians 5, Verse 11 to verse 17, it should motivate you and me to reach the nation as they, as they scattered and come into our shore by preaching to them the gospel. Paul has given us in this text that we read, three truths that will motivate us to preach the gospel as the nation is coming to our shore. And as we reach them in this shore, then when they return back to their homeland, they will carry with them the message of the gospel. There's over 210 different nations in the USA today. And God brought them in our background and so that we could reach them for his glory. But as we look at this text here, the first truth that Paul reveals is in verse 11. It says that uh, therefore knowing the fear of the Lord, and we see here Paul is talking to the Corinthian believers, because only the believers will know the fear of the Lord. And Paul here is challenging them as they know the fear of the Lord is not a fear of terror, but is the fear of reverence, is a fear of respect, is a fear that knowing that, because as you look at the word here is, is means a fear that's standing in awe in the presence of God. It does not mean terror or tremble before God's presence. Paul know that one day as you look at in verse 10, because as it started with therefore, which means there is something before that. And Paul is saying that knowing the judgment of Christ will come, In verse 10, he said, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one of us will receive what is due, what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Paul had a pure motive. Paul has a good conduct. Paul was a very good teacher of the word of truth, but Paul's motivation was to preach the gospel so that people will know will know Christ but Paul also know that one day he will stand before the judgment seat of Christ not to be judged and so that he for eternal life for he already has received eternal life because he already been saved for the scripture said there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus the old Christian who will stand before God and before the judgment seat of Christ, it was not for condemnation, but it is for reward of the good things that God has called you to fulfill. Are you faithfully fulfilling your call that he has given to you? In verse 19 to 21, this is what it says, that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself when we stand before God in this judgment, for we all will appear, will he call you good and faithful servant. So the first truth here, the fear of the Lord, a fear of reverence should motivate me to preach the gospel. For as we read in Acts 18, we see Paul himself here the strategy, And his strategy was to go to the lost. He he went to the synagogue where he will study the scripture and with the Jews. And many were persuaded, both Jews and Greeks. But do you have a plan and a strategy? Because in verse 11, he said, Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others that we are is known. What we are is known to God. We are naked before God. I hope it is also known to your conscience we are open before the omnipresent God he knows why we do what we do he knows your thoughts he knows your mind he knows your heart he knows everything about you he knows why you are persuaded to reach the loss is it for your glory or is it for his glory but Paul was persuaded and so that the message of the gospel might be proclaimed and so that the world around him might come to know Christ. And he did it with a heart of respect. In verse 12 he says, Paul preached with humility. He did not preach with arrogance. He said that in verse 12, we are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in their heart. And here we see that Paul simply was a messenger of the gospel that gave his heart out to minister to people because he knew what their needs were. Do you know the need of the people of your community? There's an author, he says, As a man is in his conscience, so is he before God. Are you ministering with a heart of integrity and with a heart of sincerity? In the book of John, chapter five, in verse 24, it said, truly I said unto you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Many of those who opposed Paul, they were opposing Paul because of their novel ideas, because they were, they, 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 because their heart was not set upon Christ. Their heart was set upon themselves. And but us, as we move forward and preach the gospel, may we preach because we know lost people matter to God. Then in verse thirteen, we see another truth that Paul's revealed. Paul reveals that we preach the gospel because of the need of the people. It's not only because of the fear of judgment. It's not because that he knows that, uh, as you read in Romans 2 verse 16, he said all secrets will be revealed. It's not because of the fear of judgment. because he knows that once you have come to know the Lord, n- no one can take away that what God has imputed in you. But lost people matter for God. Many will die without knowing Him, and that's why He has called us to go as they come into our way. In verse 13, Paul shows us that we should preach the gospel because of the need of the people. Look at what he said in verse 13. He said, For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Paul said, I'm zealous, it was because of God. I'm zealous because I'm a steward of, of, of what God has given to me, the word of truth. So I am excited to preach that word and so that many people will come to know him. He could not preach that truth without passion and conviction because he understood that God is honored when his word is proclaimed and when his word is preached. So he said, if I am out of my mind, if beside it is for God, I am excited for what God has done for me. But if I am in right mind, in my right mind, it is for you. So when I look at in the scripture, he said, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So on the other hand, Paul is saying to the people, if I am in, in sound mind, thinking sensibly, it was because of the Corinthians' sake. It was because Paul knew the need of the Corinthians. Because of them, he was humble, he was gentle, he was patient, and so that through him, the message of the gospel will be proclaimed. Jesus said in John 9, I must do the work of him who sent me while it is there. For night is coming when no one can work. Do you know the need of the people in your community? God is sending the world here. In Miami, in a community where we have a church plant, there's over 80 different nations that come into that community. And uh, as we go and minister and share the gospel, and sometimes we come to people that speak a different language that we don't know how to share the gospel with them. And I was, uh, I took a team with me out where we go and evangelize and we knock at the door. And uh, the person who was with me has a knock at the door and it was a Haitian that up, opened the door and we shared the gospel. Then we go next door, it was someone, a different language, a different nation, and as they come, they said, oh, we thought you were Haitian. We only have the gospel for Haitian people. The gospel is not only for Haitian people. It's for each one of us. It's the same gospel. There's not a gospel for white, a gospel for black, a gospel for Africa, but we have the same gospel and the same master. But do you know the need of the people? I know the need of my people in Haiti I know, first of all, that they worship Satan because of voodooism, they worship in witchcraft. I was traveling to Haiti uh, the other day in the month of November and, uh, and there was a young man uh, that said by me, and this young man is returning to Haiti to renew his vow with the, with the witch doctor. Every year he has to go back so that he can renew his vow by wearing something so that other spirit will not harm him. People around us they are blind and they need to hear the message of the gospel and we cannot transform them, but he can transform them. Twelve years ago my wife and I we moved to a city of Jeremy. Brother Mike and many of the some other members here has visited that work. And we purchased a piece of land. And the land that we purchased was right in the heart of wish doctors. And as we started to share the gospel, people started to come to know Christ and we started to have a worship service The witch doctors joined together and came to us and said, we finished too late. Because at six o'clock, that's the time that they need to start their witchcraft ceremonies. And we finished too late, it was only 6 p.m. That was 12 years ago. Just in the month of May, we had our General Assembly where all of our churches were joined together and to celebrate and we had a five day of ceremony and we worshiped until 1 p.m., 1 a.m. We worshiped until 2 a.m. And many of those who who told us we could not worship past six o'clock were now part of the worship service because their life has been transformed (laughs) by the power of the gospel. There is power in the gospel, but do you know the need of your people? But the greatest need, we see it in the scripture here, is not only they have the physical need, because you know Haiti, many hurricane, many uh, earthquake, and many different natural disasters pass to us, we know those physical need. But as we meet those physical need, the goal is to go to their spiritual need which is the real need for the scriptures say that we are all by nature children of wrath born in sin for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god there is none righteous no not one we are all slaves to sin do you know that we all spiritually were dead we had no spiritual life we were alienated from god we were under the wrath of god but God in his grace has shown mercy to us. To his son, he left his glory. While we were enemies, he came and he died so that through him we, have, uh, we, we might have life. Do you know the need of your people? That they truly corrupt. Their conscience is dead. Their will is corrupt. Their emotion is corrupt. There is no desire for God. But God in his love sent his son born of a virgin lived just like a man suffered. God punished his own son on the cross and so that through him his life might be imputed in us. He was despised. He was smitten. He was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that we deserve was upon him. It was by his wound that we are healed. On the cross, God punish his son in our stead and, and show that through him we have life. He has become sin for me. And every time I see a cross, I remind me I'm the one who's supposed to be on that cross. Do you know the need of the people in your community? But it's not only to know their need, but also is to present to them the gospel that can transform their lives and give them hope. There's an old man, uh, he was 93 years old, and he got COVID. And uh, he spent weeks at the hospital, and they put him in ventilators. The insurance paid for all of his bills. And they charged him $600 because the insurance did not cover one day that he was on the ventilator. And that old man, he was 93 years old, and he started to cry. And he says that uh, I've been on earth for 33,945 days. And if God, if I had to pay God, I would need $20, 367 million million to pay God. But God gave it to me for your charge. Our people, they don't know that Christ's death is enough to pay the price. Our work fails to nothing. And many are trying to work, many are trying to do good deeds, but our good deeds cannot do anything. So Paul said, If I'm in my right mind, it is for you. If I am in my right mind, it is for me to share with you that Christ is the only way. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other. He is the only, only way. As I work in Haiti, and uh, we have um, ministered to so many different young people, and one of them is Stanley. And Stanley lost his mother and father in an, in an hurricane and he was living under the bridge and, and Stanley, the only way he survived was wiping windshield of a car under the bridge and they would give him something. Under seven years old. So they took him to one of our children's homes and we received Stanley. One day I drove nine hours and my car was very, very dirty. The windshield was very dirty. And the orphanage or the children home where we put uh, Stanley was a home where there's no water. And as soon as I pull in and my windshield and my light could not see well, then Stanley went under his bed and took a clean shirt, white shirt, and he started to clean my windshield and started to clean my car. And, uh, and I said, Stanley, why are you doing this? You know we don't have water here. And with tears in his eyes and he said, he called me Papi Donnie, he said, Papi you know, I was living under the bridge and I had no friends. I was all alone. I was living under the bridge, I could not go to school. I was living under the bridge. I had no food to eat. I had no friends. I was all alone. I had no hope. But you opened the door here and as I come here, not only now I have friends, but I have a mother to look after me. I have a church to go to and where I have come to know the Lord Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But I am wiping your windshield is just to say, thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Papidoni, for receiving me and giving me hope. And many of our people, they need to hear the gospel. They need to hear the truth. And in return, they will thank God and give God glory because his son has given everything that is needed so that they have life. So Paul did not stay here. Paul go even farther. He says that we should preach the gospel. Because not only because of reverence to God. As the fear of the Lord. We should preach the gospel. Not only because of the need of the people. But we should preach the gospel. Because the one who has given his life for us. Has called us to do so. In my country, they would say, amen. But it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> it, it, the, the one who called us is the one that has given himself so that through him we have life. So therefore, we should preach the gospel because of the love of God compels us. When we come to understand his love, that he left his glory he left everything to come upon earth, to be born of a virgin, to live like a man, even though he was 100% God, but he emptied himself, and so that he lived not using his power to defend himself. He suffered, he hunger, and even to the point of death on the cross, that to be separated from the Father, for eternity they have been together. Now he has become sin. Because your sin has been imputed in him. And the father could no longer look at him. But on the cross he cried. die! It is finished. The word has been paid. Then he died. Then he was buried. But the power that raised him from the dead. Is the power that lives in us. So because of the love of God. We should preach, preach the gospel. In verse 14, this is what it says, for the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all and that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him. We should no longer live to please self, but to please him for their sake died and was raised from now on therefore we are we regard no one according to the flesh even though we once regarded christ in according to the flesh we regard him thus no longer therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has gone and the new has come The love of Christ, that's what compels Paul to preach the gospel to the nation. And that's what should motivate us to preach the gospel as the nations scatter and come to our homeland. Let's reach them and so that when they return home, they take the gospel with them. Because there is power in the gospel. If you want to transform the world, transform him, transform the world through preaching the gospel. But many people doesn't know the gospel And many churches today, they don't know the gospel. And so that's why as ministry and as missionaries, we are giving ourselves to preach, to teach, and to educate the world around us. For their need is the true gospel that can transform lives. As I conclude, because um, I preach hour and a half in my homeland. <laughs> but here I have to, to land. <laughs> but I, I want to conclude with this story of uh, this young lady. Before I conclude this, this, this young lady, I just want to be reminded of what Paul said in this text the love of Christ compels me. Because when you come to know the love of Christ that compels you, it gives you security. It gives you a guarantee that what you have received can never be taken away. I like the way Paul said it in Romans 8. He says, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written for our sake, we have been killed all day long, and we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Know in all these things that we are more than conqueror to him who loves us, for I am sure Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nothing present, nothing's to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation should be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. My friend, we are well secure. Nothing can take away what God has given us. And so therefore, let us go with power and strength. Let us go with boldness, knowing that all will face the judgment. But for us, it is not for condemnation, but it is for reward for the faithfulness of our work. But not only will face the judgment, but the motivation for us is that The people around us, they don't know Christ. They need the gospel. So that alone should motivate us to reach them. But thirdly, the love of Christ should compel us. There was this young lady, her name is Joanne. And Joanne came to our university in Jeremy. Her father was a witch doctor. And she was the only student that came to the school and her father paid for her full tuition. And while she was in the school, she, as a student, you have to attend church. And she attended church in one of our, in our church in the mountain. And as she come to worship and she came to know the Lord, her life has been transformed and she start to involve in the life of that church. the school year end and so she had to go and for the summer back to her home. She did not want to go back because at home her father, a witch doctor, used her as a means to call certain spirit. She did not want to go back to this environment. But also he used to abuse her very sexually in many different ways. He said, I don't want to go back. But the campus was closed, she had to go back, and when she get home, her father tell her she has to live with him, and she has to go back to the rich craft. And she stood up and said to him, she said, Father, I am a new person. I'm not the same Joan you knew. I have a new father who has given me a new life. And my body is his temple, for his spirit lives in me. I can no longer let you do what you used to do to me. And the father said, if I can't, I will deny you as my daughter, and I will not pay for your school, and I will kick you out of my house. She said, if that's so, father. He took all of her belonging and threw her out, with tears when I was at home and one of the pastors came to my home and knocked at the door and says, this is what happened to Joanne. And so we receive her and we give her full scholarship. We keep her in the dorms and the Lord provide for her. And two years ago she graduated and uh, with uh, honors from the School of Agriculture. And last year, After she came to know the Lord, she said, now I'm living, and I'm going to get married. But my father needs to know the truth. And she went back home. And she shared the gospel with her father. And her father came to know Christ. His life has been transformed. And she got married last year and the father was the one who walked her into the house. My friend, the love of Christ compels us for we know we know our personal need but also we know the need of the people around us. If they died without Christ in the day of judgment they would be sent away from the presence of the Lord. But if they died in Christ they will have hope that cannot be tarnished, that cannot be taken away. So as the nations gather and come our way, let us reach them with the gospel. And as we ourselves go back to the nations in which we are parting, may you pray and join hand with us and so that we can proclaim the gospel with power and authority and so that many lives will be transformed for our King. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. For we know your word is powerful and your word never return void. It accomplishes purpose. So may you encourage each one of us, Father, to be motivated today to be involved in your work, not only because of the fear of the judgment, but because of a heart of reverence for what you have done for us. In return, we want to serve you boldly like Stanley wanted to serve me because of what I have done for him. May Father Lord that we return in our communities and seek to find and remember the real need of the people for they are sinners without hope. That may you also help us, Father, to remember your love for us. Even though we were enemies, you died so that through you we have life. And may, Father, we go and live boldly in this world for you. Not for our sake, but to do all we do in a heart of humility and a heart of servanthood. And so that the gospel may be proclaimed.